Rigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. It's always a great day uh, when Allie and I get together and do our podcast. Uh, Allie, good to be with you, sir. How are you today? I am doing okay. I'm working through some minor things, but just like anything else, I'm doing okay. It looks like our, we're down low today for some reason. My camera, your camera, right? You're just up sitting on. higher, man. You're just sitting higher, my well, friend. Well, watch as I go because you're going to start. My, I, have a, I have a new chair, and the reason why I have a new chair is because my old chair started. It's sinking. Like while I was sitting in it, it would lower yep. itself as it goes. So my daughter bought me a brand new chair for my birthday or, or Christmas. I forget what it was, but it's now it's doing it. The new chair is doing it. So I'll be sitting here and you'll see like I'll start going lower and lower. Um, so and then I have to readjust it. It's such a pain in the butt. Well, that happens, right? You, yeah, you, yeah. You, Little. Hey, listen, yeah. if that's the least of my worries that, or that's the biggest of my worries, then that's really nothing to worry about. Well, and it probably isn't. But hey, you know, but little yeah. complaining makes you feel good every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, it was real cool. I got to go out to breakfast with my buddies this morning and I had a, a, my old friends, Shion John Oschlager. Did we interview him on our podcast? It took us forever for me to get him on the podcast, but he showed up a surprise that he is just recovering from another, his third, I think, or fourth hip surgery, double uh, hip surgery that he had replacement. So all of a sudden he was there. I'm like, wow, what a good day. We get to see each other and it's something that we haven't done in a long time. So that was a good thing. I- I am uh, a little uh, jealous. Yeah. That I mean, happy for you, but jealous that you have such a connection of of martial artists that you guys go out to breakfast every Wednesday morning. And, yeah. I mean, that's just phenomenal. So it is. It's such a good thing. And and you know what? I honestly look forward to it. Like it's like it's you know we when I, I used to go out twice a week, which I'm so glad I don't anymore because I hated being in this diner two times a week, eating diner food and, you know, having to be out and up early. But so now I do it once a week, but, um, I look forward to it. Like it's something like, you know, we all hang out, we, we joke, we tell stories. One of the, one of my best friends, he's in his seventies, he's 75 or six years old, still in great shape, like better shape than I'm in like skinny and lean and, you know, and up and energized with energy all the time. And, um, but he always tells us the same stories. He, so, you know, Hey, did you ever, did I ever tell you the story about blah, blah, blah. And we're all like, no. And there's like six of us going, no, never heard it before. Tell us again. <laughs> like it's, you know, he's getting to that point where he repeats himself and forgets what he told us, but it's such a privilege to be around these people. And I know them all for like 40 years 35, 40 years each. It's it's insane. Oh, wow. Like I never thought I would be as old as I am. Like I just turned 59. But you know, when you're younger, you just don't think about stuff like that. You don't think mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm gonna be 59 one day. You just don't think about it, right? You know, it's so it's so weird that I'm at that age where I look in the mirror and I see my dad. You know, I actually see his face and what he looked like when he was older and all that other stuff. It's just a weird, weird thing. Yeah, no, I, I could see that being pretty weird. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my dad died when he was 48. I was 15, so I don't have that wow. reference point to go, you know, the same yeah. reference. My dad's passed now since about, I think it's been about 11 years now. Yeah, he was a good guy too. Really always happy. Like I learned from him, like, what's the sense being in a bad mood when you could be in a good mood, you know? And he always, he was a cop and, you know, he never once had to put his hands on people to get them. He would literally hand people handcuffs and they'd handcuff themselves. Like that's how he just had that demeanor where he was a nice guy, you know, like it was what, it's what they call verbal judo. Um, what happened now, to you then? Yeah, exactly. No, that's the truth. <laughs> um, certainly not like my dad was, he's just such a nice guy. And uh, yeah, he, he just had that way about him, you know, like he had that sweet charisma and, comical, funny side. My mom, on the other hand, totally the opposite. Really? Angry, angry, forceful. She was the disciplinarian of the family and so on. So yeah. She she didn't speak softly and she also carried a big stick. She didn't carry a big stick. She carried my dad's police belt with her. Okay. No joke. We'd be leaving to go to the supermarket. Belt. Snap it. it you know, when you snap a belt and she'd put it oh, around yeah. her neck and then we'd go to the store. I just was fearful. Like I never did anything wrong because that belt was a possibility. Right. 
Yeah. Um, well, and it would have been used. That's the thing. You knew it was going to be used. If yeah. It needed to be. But one time a lady, I remember I was probably like five and six. And she said, uh, if you hit that kid with that belt, I'm going to turn you in. And my mom took it off her neck and she says, now you're getting hit with it and started going after the lady. And the lady ran out of the supermarket. That, that was, and my mom picture this, she's five foot tall. She's a, a little Italian, like looking, she Maltese, but from the Island of Malta, but she was, that's the type of personality she had. But that's back in the day when parents were strong disciplinarians. Yeah. Not, not like that anymore. Is it? No, gosh, no. Uh-uh. It's uh, let me let me give you a sticker and put it on a chart. Yeah, exactly. And and everything is like, hey, listen, I you know I'm not sure. It, well, let's see how he feels about this. Well, you know, he's only three, right? But yeah. Well, we wanted to have a talk with him and find out if he's willing to make a commitment. I'm like, you do realize that he doesn't have any idea what the even word commitment means and what what you're talking about, right? Well, and that kind of segues right into what we're talking about today with regards yeah. to price structure. Um, so just for the listeners, just so that you understand what we're, what we're talking about today is, um, price structure, tuition, upgrades, uh, all those things really the crux of your business to, in order to stay open and to grow, right? That's really what it is. And, um, before we get into specifics with regards to, um, like the actual pricing, if we're going to talk about the prices that we charge, um, I'm I'm curious to know, uh, do you do contracts? And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. do you have your clients sign up for three months, six months, a year? Uh, before we get into the actual the nuts and bolts of, of I, prices, I do, okay, I do. So and why I, do you, why do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Doing month to month or whatever. I kind of sometimes ask myself, why do I do that? Like you know, I, there is that part of me where. I get more resistance to commitment and contract than anything else. So like mm-hmm. I would say three out of four out of every 10 people sign up under a commitment, but the other, let's say three or four won't sign up because of the commitment. The other two weren't going to sign up no matter what you did. Right. So whatever the numbers are, right. They're broken down similarly. Right. And um, I think that, for me, I, I know, especially, and I teach kids two to four year olds in my program, which is unheard of for most martial artists to teach a two year old. And we have a lot of them, almost 15 in, in a class, you know, four days a week. Um, and, and they're not all two. Some of them are, um, you know, on the cusp of three, some of them are on the cusp of four. And once they hit four and older, they go up into our bigger kid program. But, um, that's a lot even in the five to eight year olds or five to seven year old program, they're young. It's a lot of work. And I call it formatting where I format them on how to stand, how to sit, how to act, how not to run into the wall, how not to pick their noses and lick the floor and the window. And the like, there's a lot of things that you got to do to train a two year old who's never been taught anything other than love from their mom and dad and an occasional no. Um, I have a strong no in my class, believe it or not, that is very powerful. Like I'll just say no to the kid when they're about to do something wrong and they'll listen because they understand with me, no means no, you know? And so I'm formatting them continuously to be able to get them to act accordingly how they should act in the class. And that alone to me is valuable for the parents. I'm teaching. It's so hard to keep those little kids just in a line, single file where they don't pass each other and run in front of each other and push each other. Um, So these are valuable skills that they're going to use when they get to pre-K, nursery school, you know, kindergarten and, and, and so on. Um, Well, not that we're, not that this is the topic, but spatial awareness is something (laughs) two, three, four, five year olds, they, they have no spatial awareness. No, They're they all don't. on top of you. Yeah, so. and they'll be like on, in each other's faces, nose to nose. One kid's like, you know, they do the raspberry thing with like, and then spitting all over the other kid. And the other kid, he's spitting yeah. on me, you know? And it's like, it's like raining in cats sometimes, like in trying to get them to do a dance for you. So I, I, so you, I didn't answer your question though. So the, the contract, no contract versus, right? So there is a portion of me that says, hey, maybe I should do just month to month, charge a little bit more 
and give them the opportunity to have their way out. But I do include, like in my school, they get their uniforms, their testing, their perfect attendance, their sticker systems. All of that is included in the program. So if they joined my school, I don't take a larger deposit. They would just pay for the month. And if they quit the following month, they got a uniform, they got all these benefits and all these things. So I would lose money um, on that. And I also want to know, and I tell people, I go, I, I'm, if I lose you, I, I don't want to, but that's because... Uh, I need to know that you as a parent are going to be committed to our program. It's not this fly-by-night thing where you're in one month and you decide that it's the flavor of the month and now you're going to do something else. Right. So that's why I keep contracts in existence. But I have often over the years thought about whether I should try out a different option. Yeah. When I first started, um, you know, it, it, we didn't really have any um, contracts. And then we switched into a yearly like a three month, six month and a year mm -hmm. type contract. And then I switched over to a year contract with uh, what we call a yellow belt guarantee. So it takes right. about, you know, 90 days, three months to earn your yellow belt. And then at yellow belt, if you want to discontinue, you got two weeks to make that decision and oh, okay. then you don't owe anything else. Um, and then I, then I decided, you know, I'm not going to do any of that because I was never going to bring anybody to court. Like right. I'm not going to follow up with them. You're not going to pay me. You're not going to pay me. I'm not going to go, waste my time going after you. So that's when I just switched to month to month. Now, beginning of this year, we have switched again. We're going back to the 12 month contract with okay. the, uh, with the three, you know, the yellow belt guarantee with the three months, you know, guarantee. So you, you're locked in for three months, right? Even though you're signing a 12 month contract, you're locked right. in for three months or thereabouts. Cause uh, you might even earn your yellow belt within two and a half months. Right. Um, and then you can make a decision on whether you want to discontinue or not. So do you find that people are more likely to stay when, with or without a commitment? Like they're going to stay if they stay like, cause you're right though. I, I used to be very diligent. Like if you sign an agreement with me, um, I would explain to you, you know, and, uh, I would say, listen, you know, it's a yearly contract and if you don't pay, you're going to be, you have to pay or else, you know, and I would take people to court. I would sit in a small claims court with 25 people on the opposite side, giving me dirty looks and talking to each other about what a jerk I was and how all I cared about was money and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So then I got tired of that. And by the way, it was, it was nauseating to me to sit there or to nod in my stomach, suing people. And, and then I would win like 85 to 90% of the, uh, the judgments, but I would never get the money anyway. At that point, they would either go into bankruptcy or they would just ignore it. Um, one, one particular situation, maybe about two or three years ago, I was selling a, one of my real estate offerings and, uh, I happened to be in my attorney's office. And now while I was sitting there, coincidentally, the secretary comes up and says, someone's here for Long Island and Jitsi centers. And my attorney looks at me, he goes, you're supposed to meet with somebody. I'm like, no, I have no idea what it's all about. It turned out that it was a a couple that had owed me like 3000 bucks and basically gave me the finger and told me, screw you, you're never going to get your money. But they were closing on their first home and we had a lien in first position on their credit score, credit report. So the only way that they would close, the, the, the uh, bank would close on their loan was if they satisfied that judgment. So they went and got $3,700 in cash and came right while they were at the closing table. They said, we'll be back in two hours. Can we go get lunch? And they came and paid. And then, so they actually had an envelope with 3000 bucks and paid me. I just happened to be there. It was, it was like blew me away. I'm like, wow, this was sure. a good day. You know, like, but, um, I just stopped. I gave up on doing collections and I get people all the time. I have four people right now that owe me money that are, that were cops you think honorable, you know, law abiding, they sign contracts and then they decided just to not come anymore and they just cancel their credit cards. So there's not a lot I could do or you could do. And even if they do pay you, they could charge back on it as well. So it's like, there's really no, no benefit anymore for a legal document means nothing. No. Well, that's quite true. That's yeah. Quite true. But the reason I want to switch back to doing a 12 month commitment, um, is I'd, I'd like the opportunity for the buyer uh, or the client, I should say, because I'm really the buyer, right. um, the, the client to do some paid in fulls so that I could, you know, have a couple of those a month. Yeah. 
just for bottom line purposes, that just kind of helps the bottom line. You know what I mean? I do. I, I think that that's a good thing. But I mean, people will pay in full even if they have a month to month agreement. Like they'll just pay 12 months in advance or whatever. Some people, but you're right though. I, I mean, I like, and by the way, I like the agreement because it's only annual. So every once a year I have to renew it. Right. And I guess if you're in a 30 day month, if, as long as they just keep on paying before the cancellation, you don't have to touch it forever. They could stay with you for 10 years and you never have to once redo their agreement. So I think that that's, you know, there are some pros and cons to each. I personally like the, you know, the contract thing, but I, I'm still, I'm a little kind of up in the air on it right now. Let's, let's see, maybe in six months, ask me that question again. So let, let's talk about the, let, let's, well, I'm sorry, you're going to say something. Just real quickly. Um, the only, the only other reason behind this is because what I was doing is just saying, you know, Hey, look, it's, uh, X down and then it's X per week. Right. Um, you know, and then that was it. That was the only option. Yeah. And then you give a three week cancellation policy. So you got to give us three weeks notice to cancel. Right. Yeah. Like a 30, um, 30 day or 21 day out. Yeah. And, and, and that's worked fine up until this point, but um, I just goes back. I go back to sales. Right. When you think about sales a good salesperson, what they do is they, they show you at least three options. Right. Right. They show you the, 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 the one with the biggest bells and whistles that they know there's no way in the world you're going to afford. Mm -hmm. And then they show you the, you know, Hey, look, I'm the dirt poor person. Right. Uh, you know, item. And then they show you the one in between. And you and I both know that statistics show that people buy the one that's in between. Yeah. Yeah. You even you even do that same thing with your uh, sparring gear packages, right? You know, you have a high end sparring gear package. You have a just below dirt sparring gear package, yeah. you know, the minimum. And then you have, you know, the one that's in the middle and like, and I never did that until you told me to do that. Right. And uh, sure enough, more people buy the middle one than anything else. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I forget what the book was. There was a really great book on that. And, um, I love the book because it talked about how giving options creates higher sales volume. It like you think about it in the car sales, you know, you got, you know, the basic bottom line, it doesn't come with wheels. It doesn't have a stereo, the windows, you have to crank them up. Right. And then package two though, has all those bells and whistles that you want. Like, um, I just recently saw a software package that was available and they had like basic program, middle program, larger program. And I thought for the, difference from the basic to the middle, there was only two options that you were getting that made it a little bit better. I didn't think there were enough op options in the middle package to sway me to buy middle. And then the high level package was way too expensive and it had many items that I never wanted. So I didn't bother. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do this because it just doesn't have the benefits that I'm looking for. But I do without them. Sure. But the, the point being that there was three options. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of where I'm going with this. Absolutely. And so that's why I've revamped, revamped and I'm, I'm, I'm putting in the options mm -hmm. for individuals to purchase. Let's also talk about like, so I guess the first and most important thing is there's probably a lot of people out there that haven't raised their prices in forever. Now, everything in the world has gone up in price. You know, everything is more expensive. That doesn't mean that's a good thing. Now you're going to raise your prices too because you may lose people, right? But at the same time, you have to make sure that you're staying on par with what everyone else is charging in your area. So you don't want to be known as the cheapest school on the block. You also don't want to be known as, and you, you know, if you can be known as it and it's not a problem, the highest and most expensive exclusive school on the block. But um, you want to kind of be right in the sweet spot where everyone else is charging the same price. Like, so most of my friends that get together for breakfast, we all are around the same price. See, that's and, where I disagree uh, with you. What's that? I want to be the highest priced. I want people yeah. to know that I'm the highest priced and I actually am the highest priced. Okay, good. That's great. Like I said, if you could do it, that's a good mm -hmm. thing, right? So, but I think the most important thing is people have a fear of raising their prices. They oh, I did. Like, right. So let's just, let's just address that for a minute to help out those people that are nervous. Like, oh my God, what if I do, how much should I raise? What should I do? And I always said too, even if you raised your, let's say you have a hundred students and you raised your price by five, only $5, which is not even 
as much as a Starbucks coffee. Um, you could bring your income up $500 a month times 12 months. That's, you know, you know, six grand a year just because you decided to make that change. I doubt you're going to lose many people, although you might have a few that they're going to just play hardball, but right. you could do that. And you could probably easily raise your prices. Cause one of my friends just went from 169 to 199 and not a, not a blink of an eye, 30 bucks more a month. And, um, you know, times 200 students, it's a lot of money. Right. Just because he decided that he's worth it and, and he made it and made it so. So what are your right. thoughts on that? Uh, no, I agree. The only thing is that, I, that I've never done, which I wish I would have started years ago, is, uh, you know, doing a three percent increase every year. OK, so, you know, you're not grandfathered in, but you're grandfathered in at, at the three percent increase. Right. Um and and selling it in a way or communicating it in a way that you will all you 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 never will be higher than the the actual going price so if three percent actually puts you higher than the going rate then we just put you at the going rate right right does that make sense it totally does um i, I like i, I just wish that i would have done that before uh so yeah. yes i've raised my prices but i've always grandfathered the people that have been with me um, you know, and it was out of, Hey, thank you type thing. Yeah. And, and so that let's talk about grandfathering. So a grandfather clause shouldn't mean that they're grandfathered for eternity. Right. So like, so you might want to look at them and this is my opinion where you go. Okay. So I raised my prices this year, 10 bucks, let's just say for, for you, Dwayne, they're not going to go up for the year because you're grandfathered in, but in year two from now, everyone's going to be paying the same price because it's probably going to be that you raise the prices one more time, $5 more. Um, so you want to try to bring people in. And by the way, I've never, I've never had parents that are, or students that are decent students that love what we do really balk about the price. What they do is they ask themselves the question, how can I come up with the extra 10 bucks or $20? Sure. And, and to be honest, like $20 in nowadays economy is nothing. It's no more than, you know, pennies on the dollar of what they, you know, you go to a movie these days, it's costing you a hundred bucks. Right. So, yeah. I'm, so at, cause we do weekly payments. So at 43 a week, a 3% increase is a dollar 29. So they would be paying $44 and 29 cents a year per week, per week. Right. Yeah. And, and, so it's a buck, it's a buck yeah. 29 extra per week. You can't buy anything a pack of gum for a dollar 29 these days. Right. So we, and then by the way, for those people that are listening that are on this topic that are afraid to maybe raise their prices, just remember that if you're giving a great service and the product is outstanding, you will easily be allowed to say, Hey, we want $5 more because people, they get what you're doing. You know, you're changing some their kids' lives, their lives. You're giving them. And by the way, dude, you, people don't realize how much goes in behind the scenes. You know, how expensive it is oh, to yeah. pay your, you know, in my school, I have a, a sign on my front door that says, please shut the door immediately because the cold, right? They open the door and they hold it open. They wait for Mrs. Smith, who's like 25, 30 feet away. And literally you can feel the cold coming in like a windstorm into, and, and my, now my heat kicks on and now I'm burning oil. Like I pay about two to three grand a month on oil in my building just to heat my facility. So I'm yeah. like, please shut the door. They don't realize like all the stuff that they think we're just running. And I say they like people who are looking at our income think we're running to the bank with bags of money because they say, oh, 25 people times 150. Like and they start counting and tallying up your money, but they don't realize all the things that we're doing to survive. Well, oh, definitely not. No, not yeah. at all. And I remember uh, when I was coaching with Stephen Oliver. And he was the, the very first person that talked me into raising my prices. And um, he had introduced me to Dan Kennedy. I had not known about Dan Kennedy prior to, to Oliver. Okay. And, um, you know, got through his coaching program, I got to actually meet Dan Kennedy, talk with Dan Kennedy on a, you know, personal basis. And, and not that we're friends. That's not what I'm trying to allude here. Right. But <clears throat> I was talking with him about, you know, raising the prices and, and basically, you know, that I'm scared to do it. Right. He says, you need to stand and look in the mirror and keep telling, 
telling the mirror, the person in the mirror, meaning me, yeah, you know, uh, yes, the program is 169. Yes, right. the price of the program is 169. So yeah. when somebody says to you, the price of the program is 169, you say back to them, yes, the price of the program is 169. Yeah. Um, and then after listening to Zig Ziglar, you know, Zig says they say those questions because they want you to justify the price. Right. All you do is just repeat back to them what the price is. Right. And make them justify it, not yeah. you justify it. You know, and if yeah. you've done your due diligence, it's already been justified in the beginning, anyways. But I went from 139 to 169 overnight. And and I can't like the first time I sold one, I go, oh my gosh, I should have done this a long time ago. Right. Like it was and and the thing I didn't think about was they're looking at everybody else that's on the floor and they're going, well, it's 169. Everybody else must be paying 169. Right. Right. Yeah, they're not thinking that I just changed the price. The yeah. person right before them was 139, you know? Yeah. And by the way, there, you know, there's a thing, I think I, Grant Cardone had said it in his sales, uh, sales university uh, that I did with him that, you know, like there's no charity pricing. Like you can't be like, okay, this family's poor. They pay this amount. This family's wealthier. They should pay way more. Like you got to look at everyone on the same playing field. And I think a lot of school owners, they do that to themselves where they hear the sob story and then they adjust prices accordingly. And, you know, when I, and I coach people and I'll say, well, what's your income? How many students do you have? You know, it's, a, I have a hundred. Okay. And how much do you charge? I charge a hundred dollars a month. Okay, great. So how come you're only making $6,200? You should be making 10,000. Well, I got a lot of family members and I give this family discount and these people are on a barter system and this one cleans and the other one, you know, stands outside the dojo and yells out how great we are. Like, you know what I mean? There's always something going on. And then you wonder like, why are you not making the money? Why is your martial art calculator so off? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Most, most definitely. Yeah. And we lie to ourselves, yeah. you know, you know, we say those type of things to ourselves and then yeah. it just becomes a lie. So, but, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I, I just encourage everybody to take a look at your prices and I'm finding this out. If you have multiple locations, one, location can be more expensive than the other location. Yeah. Well, it depends I on don't the area, area, right? Well, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that's been part of my problem in the second location is that I actually um, have it or had it at the same price that we were at. Mm -hmm. And now that I've raised my price in Bradley, I didn't adjust the price in New Lenox. So that's actually less. And then I, I'm really thinking New Lennox needs to be higher priced mm. than than Bradley, to be quite honest with you. Wow, that's a great, great thought. I love that. I mean, so that people really, so that's the first thing, we, you know, this is a golden nugget for people who are looking to raise their prices. And even if they're at a good level, they should look at it and say, what was the last time I raised my prices? What are other people in my area charging? You know, if, if the BJJ school down the road or the Kung Fu school down the road is getting $25, $30 more a month than you successfully, why are you not worth that price? And why are you not competing with them? You know, most, um, I think like most majority of restaurants in a specific area charge around the same price. They're not, you know, one's not really, really cheap. And one's, well, some of them may be super high end expensive, but the majority of the prices are around the same price. So, so be careful that you're not undercutting yourself. So what about Dwayne, what, what's your thoughts on having upgrade programs and other programs to level the prices off or bring in yeah. more income and so on? Yeah. Before we get into that, just real quickly, uh, I, I want to introduce, and if you haven't, uh, this was, um, why can't I think of his name now? Uh, Academy Kings guy. Oh yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I, I can't remember either. I, yeah. And I, I'm Lance. Lance, so, right, trip, Lance trip. so, uh, he, we had interviewed him on our podcast and he had talked about weekly payments Yes, as opposed to monthly payments. And I switched to weekly payments and boy, the cash flow difference, number one, yeah. much better. Right. Uh, delinquencies, of course we can see those weekly as opposed right. to waiting a full month. So I've got cash always coming in every single week. I, 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 if they're delinquent and then the way that we've set it up is if they're two weeks delinquent, they're, they can't train until right. they catch up with those two weeks. Hmm. Um, which now I'm only, a, I'm only a half a month, right. Right. Uh, down missing. And then he's right. 
that you get 2.4% more money every single year by charging weekly. Yeah. So explain that to people because it's, it's not an e like it's the old mortgage concept, right? You pay a little bit extra on your mortgage every month. Eventually at the end of the year, you've paid a lot more on your principal. So like explain how people might not understand how that makes more money for the school owner. Cause it's the same thing, you know, payments. Right. Well, most of us, let's just say, make it easy. $150 a, a month as, as let's say that's your, that's your price point. Right. And so let me, uh, let me get my calculator here. So we do $150 each month times 12. So now we've got an $1,800 year, right? Right. But if we take 150 and then we divide that by four weeks, that's 3750 a week. We times that by 52 weeks. Now it's 1950. Right. So, and it's 4.2, excuse me, 4.2 more per year. So you're getting almost like, you know, an extra 150. It's $150 more. More, yeah, 150 more. And you have the cash flow coming in all the time. Right. And I can, you know, like I said, I can see who's delinquent right away. And it's a lot easier for people to catch up with a $37.50 payment. Yeah. Than it is with a $150 payment, knowing that they got another $150 coming yeah. up in the next week or two. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, that alone times that by a hundred students that brings you in, you know, another 10, $12,000 a year. Right. Yeah. Right. So 150 times 100. 25,000. Yeah. 15,000. 15,000. Right. Yeah. So that's an extra 15,000 a year. Yeah. So, and, and for what, what, for, adding in the option of weekly payments or saying, this is the way we do it. We do it weekly. Well, yeah. And that's what we do is we actually, uh, we, we do say that we, you know, we do the, the, this is how we do it. So you, there's, here's your down payment. And then what we do is we split the remainder into 52 easy weekly payments. That's amazing. I love it. And then we do, uh, clarify the fact that, um, you know, this is the total price of the program. And you're going to do it, depending on which option, you're going to put a down payment and then your weekly payments are then divided up into 52 weeks, even though we're only open 44 weeks, because it would be a logistical nightmare. Right. If we charged more, you know, we charged the same price on one week and then we're only open a half a week. So we charge half a price and yeah. then we're not open right. at all. Like, and then so I, we just tell them that it's, it's easier for you to budget and right. know exactly every single week. So we just mm -hmm. conveniently take the remainder remaining balance, split it over 52 easy weekly payments. Right. I love it. I love it. That's great. Um, so what do you think about? And by the way, can I just say this real quickly? Yeah. That allowed me to raise my price. Right. So uh, now it's like, I don't know, what is it? One. Let me let me figure it out here real quick. 43 times 52 plus 150, which was the, the down payment, right? right. So $2,386, right? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just going to divide that by 12. That's $198.83. Right. I was at 169. Wow. Great. A month. Amazing. So minus 169. So almost 30 bucks, 29.83. I raised my rates. A month times a month. X, right? That's great. Yes. I yes. love it. So it's it for me, the weekly payments have worked out so much better. Now I have some people that have said, well, can we do it monthly? Right. And we will do that. We'll set it up, but we do the division and everything so that it comes out to be in the one one ninety-eight or whatever it is, 83 cents type thing. And then if, if there's like pennies on the dollar, you know, we up it. Right. So if it, if that was 198.83333, we're going to actually do 0.84. Okay. Not 83. So we are going to make a little bit more money, you know, one more penny each month. So 12 cents a year, we're going to make more. Right. Right. Good. Fantastic. So All right, great. Let's jump on because we're already like killing it on time. So what do you think about upgrades and having 
different tiered programs. There's two sides of the industry. They say, hey, I give just a straight price for my one program. I don't have Black Belt Club and leadership team and, you know, hyper training and all this extra bells and whistles. What you, what's your philosophy on that and whether you, you know, whether you do it and incorporate it and do you charge extra for it, et cetera? Uh, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Okay. So uh, I, it is, uh, and, and so I had, when we first started, didn't have an upgrade. Then I had a black belt club. Once I was inter- introduced to Stephen Oliver and the whole idea of a leadership team, because leadership is much more marketable than black belt club. Um, every, every parent wants their kid to be a leader. Right. So, um, I, 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 I did that and that was a $20 per month upgrade. So mm-hmm. I've kept that where, um, they're doing their weekly payments and then each month they pay an extra $20 per month to be in leadership. So now I'm over 200, was that 219 or $218 and some odd cents per right. month. Okay. And then, and that's inexpensive. You're, you're, you're giving a very fair price. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's especially for what you give people. Like, you know, you and I would do a seminar in a heartbeat with a Tony Robbins or whoever and pay three, $4,000 for a weekend. And for 20 bucks, well, for me, in my case, I do my leadership team is $60 a month. They could come twice a week, two different leadership team classes both they could come to two if they wanted or one it's up to them but um they're you know they're learning stuff like goal setting time management time slicing public speaking how to teach how to be a leader etc etc for 60 bucks i mean there's nothing out there in the world that i know of that would teach them that stuff like you're doing it for a low lower price 20 dollars and um you're changing their lives with tools that they could use in their college in their jobs in their relationships and so on well, and it's worked into our schedule, so it's no extra time. It the leadership happens 15 minutes after class has ended, right? So there's the leadership portion where they learn the weapons and those type of things, and then the other stuff that you're talking about is all on on our app. Okay. So they have the videos, they have the PDF files, they have to download, they have to uh, read them, and then there's uh, so like there's one on how to how to speak so people will listen that I've created. And, and then they, uh, they go through that. They, and then they actually use the spark online, uh, surveys, you know, the surveys and forms for them to actually do the workbook. And so they put their answers into that form and then submit it so that we know that they actually did their leadership for that month or excuse me for that quarter. Cause every right. quarter there's a different leadership topic, depending on where you are at right. uh, in the leadership training. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the only extra days that we do is uh, once a quarter, we have a leadership seminar that all the leadership individuals can come come to. And then I teach those seminars. That's great. I love so, it. And then so that's the first level of upgrade. The second level of upgrade for us is what we call our, our storm team. So special team of role models. And those are the individuals that actually come in, help out with classes. They have to come in and do at least one hands on class. And then they have their inside the app, they have their online curriculum that they have to do. Uh, and then they got to test on each um, each belt. So each belt has a has a three month curriculum. Okay. On it. So, for instance, they start out at white belt and they learn how to teach, let's say, the first of three months in the white belt uh, teaching curriculum is uh, let's say they got to learn how to teach a bow, how to tie a belt, uh, you know, how to teach a proper sparring stance. Um, and maybe, I don't know, the three rules of concentration, whatever right. it is. And then they move on to month two and then they learn how to teach a low block and a front kick and then, you know, how to uh, critique those. And then number three is how to teach the board breaking uh, that's required at that level, how to hold the board, how to hold the pads, you know, whatever it is. I forget the breakdown, but you can kind of see how it works out. But they literally have to do an online survey or forms and survey, which is we call in a test, their storm team written test. And then they have to come in and they do a 15 minute uh, class with one of our leaders. Uh, generally, it's uh, Mr. Bean, you know, the, the head of the studio or um, uh, uh, Master Kent, one of the two. And then they they test them. All right. Show, teach me how you would teach a front kick. Right. Teach me how you would teach a low block. All right. Call the commands off. 
Like, you know what I mean? And then, then we go, okay, you passed, boom, we'll give you access to month two. All right, you passed, we'll give you access to month three. Great. You passed, now you go to yellow belt month one. You know, that type of thing. I love it. So that's literally, uh, you know, for you, upgrade, by the way. Yeah, for you, the upgrades are there where it, it's tied into and laid out into their into their basic curriculum and they're learning how to be not only better martial artists, but better teachers and better humans. But it also has a heavy portion of the training is on their skill level and becoming better at what they do. So in essence, uh, you know, it's like kind of fast tracking them a little bit in their training because they're getting way more training than basic students get. Yeah. And then we have quarterly uh, storm team meetings too. So I teach those quarterly storm team meetings where they come in, we do some uh, team building exercises. I teach on a topic, we do a workout, send them home. Like, right. you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. Our, our leadership team is a little different. We have a, a 45 minute class on a Tuesday night and uh 4 15 to five. And then if they want, they could hang out and run in and roll and teach those classes, you know, ro roll into the classes with the kids and teach. And then Saturday morning we do uh 8.15, it's really 8.30, but we say 15 minutes early is on time. And then they go 8.30 to 9.15, and then they stay for the next two classes if they want and actually practice what they've learned, whether it be um, you know blocking or kicking or punching and, and whatever we taught them to do as a leader. And then they get to practice, get some practical experience doing it with the students. So on Saturdays, I don't need any assistance, paid assistance or helpers because my classroom is filled with all my leadership team members. So I think yeah. that's super important. So, um, yeah, pretty awesome. So, and then I don't know if I said, but the upgrade for storm, right. Is only $10 a month. Oh, okay. I mean, it's super simple. And here's the reason I do that. Um, I used to not charge for it at all, but now I'm like, I need to charge at least something. And I know 10 bucks is not uh, a lot, but that's where I pull my staff from. And so in fact, right. last week I just hired, uh, a, a storm team member who now is an instructor with us and yeah. they're going to be teaching on, they're going to be helping out with classes on Tuesday, Thursday, and then they got to come in every Friday for the staff meeting and help out with the open math yeah. time. And that's so funny. today I have that as well, where, um, one of my main guys, he's just been having a struggle getting in to his regular teaching schedule. And I kept telling him, listen, you got to make it a priority. I, I mean, I don't care what goes on in your regular life. I mean, I have to worry about my life and my dojo and my students. So you have to be here when you say you're going to be here. And he had a few times where he couldn't be here. So I said, okay, let me just have someone else come that has more availability. So I started one of my uh, junior assistants from my leadership team. She's going to be 14. She's coming in today. And then I have another adult coming in today. And then you just... Bench strength is the key to a successful school where you can extricate and pull yourself out a little because you have many people to cover you and take care of you. Well, not only that, bench strength is actually your advertisement for new new people. Yes. yes. So when you say, hey, uh, do you see like you're sitting down and signing somebody up? Did You know, I know I'm sure you noticed, you know, uh, Mr. Shaw over there who's been helping your child out in class. Right. And they're like, yeah. And I go, well, you know, he started with me when, when he was X years old and now right. he's, you know, X years old and, and he's only uh, on my storm team. Right. You know, so that's my special team of role models where they come in and actually help out with classes. Right. He's not even an official instructor yet. Mm -hmm. That's who I pull. So all the instructors you see on the floor started with me as a student or still a student went through my leadership and then storm team. And then I hired them. Right. So that's why we have such good staff members here. Right. And you know, your child is going to be with us all the way through grade school and high school. And you're going to see that same thing with them as they're going to have those same opportunities to grow into the same type of man or same type of woman as Mr. or Miss so-and-so like right. they, they are our advertisement. Right. I know. And we wear blue geese where all my other students are in black. So we're able to point that out. It's quite obvious. What is the blue gee about? You know, oh, those are all our helpers in our leadership team. And that way, even if they're not in the class to help and not necessarily in that class to help out, but if they're there, I could always call on them and I could always tell a parent, look how many blue geese are in that, you know, uh, class. Those are all helpers and assistants. So if we needed anyone or they're working with your child and so on. Yeah. So, um, all right. So pricing structure, whether you do 
um, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly, how, however you plan it out, uh, whatever works best for you. I would say it's important for you, like Ali said, take a look at what your price is. When's the last time have you upped your price? Um, and I would probably uh, encourage you, I think Allie would too, to at least up your price on the new, new people that are coming in. Right. Absolutely. So we talked about leadership team, storm team. My program is called team leadership character development. And then I have an instructor training program. They're tied together. And then I also have what we call, and I would urge people not to use this name only because it's so tied into a certain mindset is the black belt club. So I do have a black belt club in my school. And um, once my students get to a certain belt level, it's mandatory that they're at, uh, they pay more intuition. I used to say it's mandatory to be in the black belt club, but then people would get to that purple belt level and they'd say, well, I can't make it on Mondays to the black belt club. So I said, okay, at, at purple belt, everyone pays X amount of dollars in tuition. And the black belt club is included for free. If you care to take advantage of it, that kind of got, rid of all the objections with people saying, well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay for it. Why should I pay for something that I'm not using? So I just right. flipped the, the script on that, um, you know, uh, that, and, and that helped a lot. Um, you know, so I think that that's important to have some other type of upgraded program, but here are the reasons why, I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, that everybody wants to have an upgrade for the money side of things. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about money it should really be about motivation. So like someone, it's funny when parents say, oh, Johnny doesn't want to come to the dojo. He's not really into it anymore. I go, why don't we upgrade him to Black Belt Club? And they're kind of dumbfounded because in their mind, they're like, why would I upgrade my kid to a higher, more expensive program when he wants to quit? And I'd say, because we need, it's been the same old, same old for year after year after year after year. Why don't we switch it up? This upgrade program is designed to re-motivate and give people a, a more purpose of why they're there. So that's why I think upgrades are important. I remember yeah. being at the Spark Summit um, just past, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it's a few months ago. And um and I remember Master Chung Park talking. And by the way, we're going to get him on our podcast again. I just talked to him. Um, but he basically was like, okay, you need to have a basic program. And then what we call our Black Belt Club program, which the Black Belt Club program for him was a term that they would train for three years so that they would get to their Black Belt. So he, he said that, and this is if I'm not quoting him, but he said something like, if they don't upgrade from basic to Black Belt Club, I know they're going to quit. But if they're serious about what they're going to do, they're going to jump right into our black belt club because they want to get their black belt. So right. that, <laughs> it's tied into the belt. In my program, the black belt club is just a basic, fun, more additional training that they get to wear a special uniform. They get discounts. We have seminars. We bring guest instructors in. It's all fully included. Like this coming Monday, every last Monday of the month, we have a seminar. Uh, this coming Monday, I have my student sensei Devin, who's blind and he teaches martial arts at my school. He's coming in to teach them what it's like. We're going to be putting masks on them. They're going to be able to do stuff by touch and feel, spatial awareness, understanding their senses and so on. So it's going to no, be pretty awesome. excited. Yeah. So that's why I have that upgrade because it's really there to motivate and excite people. Oh, totally. And, you know, it's just more information. And um, it's kind of like uh, Grandmaster Hafner had talked about this. You know, you, you, you have a big circle, right? So you draw this big circle and um, you put a circle inside of that circle and then another, another, another one. So let's start with the center, center circle. The center circle in your school should be, you know, your head instructor and program director. Right. Those are the, like you three, if there's three of you, you and then those three yeah. should be spending the most time together. Mm -hmm. They get the most of your attention. And then the next circle outside of that are your other instructors. They get the next level of your right attention. And then from there for us, it's our storm team. So they get the next level of our attention. And when I say attention, I mean of our knowledge, of our motivation. Of, right. Again, not that we, we don't do it for everyone, but, mm -hmm. but you know, the closer you are to the circle, the more attention you get. Right. And I don't necessarily mean time. It's not always time mm -hmm. with your attention. Uh, and so then from there for us, you know, you draw the next circle out uh, and then that's our leadership team. And then from there you have the general population of, 
of students before they become a leader. Right. Uh, and and then you and then outside of all that circle is everyone else, everyone you come into contact with, all the prospects, all the leads, all the, you know, whatever outside of that. Right. And and I think if you follow that model, it's going to do you uh, justice. I, I really do. Because right. if you look at like even Jesus, right, he had 12 disciples, but he had three that he spent. He was most intimate with three of them. Hmm. So he had his inner circle and then he had another circle. And of course, you know, he uh, ministered and preached to other people that were outside of that. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. It's the Absolutely. same concept. Yeah, I love it. I, I um, I think it's super important for people to have places to go, right? Like, so in other words, like they can't just train and not. There's no excitement because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? You know, that only lasts so long. So you have to always have layers on top of layers to build motivation within the students. So um, once they get stagnant and they think that they know everything that they could have learned, they're going to start getting bored. And, you know, what's that old saying? I have it on my wall. It says complacency builds, uh, breeds contempt. Right. And um, people will, you know, people will feel that way, even if they don't realize that they're feeling that way, because boredom, even with relationships and marriages and, you know, friendships, if, if you're not stimulating those relationships, things will get flat and, and boring and people start to look elsewhere. Right. So it's no mm -hmm. different from us with our students. And we have, but we also, here's the thing. We have to become better at communicating that it's a responsibility of the parent and the student to be involved. Like, for example, I have people on my demo team. Um, we have a tournament this coming Sunday. We're going to probably have a 300 and plus competitors, right? And uh, I have some people on the demo team, and they still haven't signed up for the tournament yet. And now some of them are like, oh, well, he's sick. And, oh, well, he's not sure. I'm going, but you have really have no choice. You're on the demo team. You're performing. You have to compete. Like, I have to hold them to a higher standard, and I have to push them to do things that they would have never normally done. They would have – you know how many people I have in my dojo that have never competed? They sit back, and they're like, no, it's not for me. I have one kid, Dwayne. He's very religious. Um, I don't know if you'll appreciate this or be like it's insanity, but he said, I can't compete in tournaments because uh, I feel like they're just demonic people at the tournament. And in my head, I'm going, that's just an excuse so you don't compete because you're using religion as your crutch, right? Um, that's not true. People are great people there, you know, that kind of thing. But some people will make up things in their head as to why they're not going to advance or progress. And that's when we lose people, when they don't have Dude, a drive. Here's my, here, Look, I'm not denying that there wouldn't be or that there couldn't be right. demonic right people or demonic forces there but right let me ask you this like i would i would say because i would first agree with somebody mm -hmm. as much as i could but then the next question would be now and i'm just going to ask you this yeah is this person homeschooled or, or, yeah, or, homeschooled. or do they go to school homeschooled okay okay so it in i understand that your your child is homeschooled so in their daily activity they probably aren't running into people that potentially may have demonic influences but uh, in their, in, in your life. I mean, do you bring them to the grocery store? Yeah. Well, actually I'm not even, this is, an adult. This is an adult that's given oh me the excuse. So, but, but you're right though. All these references are true. And I've never said that. I never said, but don't you come across them at the mall or the supermarket or at your college where you go? I mean, they're always going to be there, right? If we're talking spiritually. Right. But at the same time, well, and look, you know, the other thing I would say is uh, it, it didn't stop Jesus right. from interacting. Right. Right. It didn't stop him. In fact, he went to those places. Right. Right. Now, I understand if your kid's five years old and you want to shelter them for right now. Right. But, you know, if we don't teach them early, it's kind of like so in our leadership, one of our leadership lessons uh, is the book on prayer. Mm hmm. And obviously I run a Christian martial arts school. And so I had a Muslim parent come up to me and said, um, does my kid have to do that? Right. I said, absolutely not. They do not have to do that. But one, uh, you, uh, the Muslim religion believes that Jesus was a prophet, right? Right. And they said, yes. I said, okay. Two, I go, I think that it would be good for your child to do it. So, and you do it with them. 
so they can learn about what Christians believe and why they believe it. Right. So that you can educate him on why those things are false. Right, right, right. Right. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so, that, and, and they did it. Yeah. So that education they, is there is exactly why, right? Like, like, education is not only for us to teach the students how to do moves and have a good mindset or whatever, but it's also for us to actually, and this is the biggest and hardest part is to break through to the parents because look, they're busy. They're overwhelmed. They're always paying money. Like there are a lot of factors that work against us to try to keep the ball rolling. Um, and I think that I honestly believe like there's a good portion of my students that they're not, engaged enough to get the fullest benefit out of the program. And we have to then yeah. have the communication with those parents to say, listen, so-and-so is doing amazing, but he'd be doing so much better if he would really dig in and do X, Y, and Z, or he'd come more often, or he would join our leadership team, or he'd go to a competition, whatever the case may be, you're only getting a little bit of what you could be getting, but you're still paying the same price. Not like the Every program, you know, going to a tournament, you pay to go to the tournament, but we don't make the money. It's not an upgrade. You know, it's not anything like that. We want to help your child. That's the bottom line. Or the student, adult or teen or whatever. Right. Nope. Totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. And so uh, just to recap, again, Allie and I would, would encourage you to take a look at your price points. Really consider on if that's really where you want to be. And if it isn't. Uh, where do you want to be and how, how how are you going to get there? And then right. what do you need to do to communicate that to current clients if you're going to change um, any of those things with them? Obviously, with regards to uh, new clients, you don't have to to communicate that, uh, that change to them because they're not going to even know that it was changed. And then lastly, and again, it's not it's not something I came up with. I would encourage you to take a look at the idea of doing weekly payments uh, as opposed to just monthly. And you could have an array, you could have where, you know, you can pay me in full, you can pay month to month, or you can do uh, weekly payments. And here's the, the, the payment structure. Right. I mean, at the very least, right. because I wish I would have known about weekly payments, although it would have been a lot harder when we first started um, to do weekly payments, especially when, uh, you, you know, we were with, um, uh, who was it? PPP. Right. Um, Billing company. Yeah. 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 Cause they only did, you pick one time of the month. Right. And then, you know, of course, then that money didn't drop into your account until the 25th. Right. They'd hold it yeah. all and float the money and make interest on it while they held it. And then they distribute it to you after they made their interest payments. Yes. So uh, now we actually have that, that uh, opportunity that we can do weekly payments. And then, like I said, love the cash flow. I also love the fact that if you're two weeks behind, I already know. And, and I can discontinue your training until you catch up. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool, man. This is a great call. I think I learned a lot. Everyone here probably learned a lot. Everyone who's going to listen at a later date will continue learning because uh, our podcasts go on forever. And uh, this is yeah, our 372nd or third podcast. So, 72nd. Yeah, it's yes, amazing. Sir. We figured it out. Almost 10 years of podcasting, you and I. Yeah. 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 That's been quite a ride. I didn't even think it was that long. Man. Well, one of my clients, one of our friends, Adam Lux, he said to Adam. me, cause we said, Oh, I think we've been doing this for like five or six years. And he, he texted me behind the scenes. He's like, no more like 10. I'm like, there's no way. He said, yeah, I did my show and, and you guys all came to the show. And that was in Michigan. He did this big Comic-Con martial art con where he had like every celebrity you could think of. And uh, we were there and hung out and had a great time. Me, you and Kenny and, we hung out with Ernie Reyes and all the wrestlers and famous people. That was over 10 years ago. Yeah. You remember my Goldberg incident? I don't remember. I remember something happened. Oh, was, oh that was in the, we'll talk. that was in the, at night when everyone was hanging out and partying. Right. Well, I'll, re I'll reminisce. I'll reminisce with you off air. Cause... Yeah. We'll do that later. I remember, <laughs> I do remember now that you mentioned it. I still stay in touch. There's that comedian, um, Yes, Taylor, Taylor. Or something or other who was he was actually currently on America's Got Talent and he walked through the door and he had like yeah. his hood pulled over his head like a thug and all of us stood up and turned around like we're ready like for some crazy thing and uh, he's like no no whoa 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 and I'm like I know you I still stay in touch with him yeah Michael J. Fox's uh, girlfriend on uh, Back to the Future she just texted me two days ago 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I have her. Well, yeah, we, we texted her. Yeah. Claudia Wells. Yeah. Claudia, she just right. sent me a video the other day, a happy birthday or something like that. To, and I'm like, you still remember me? Like, that's weird. Yep. But all right, cool, dude. Thank you so much for being my podcast partner. I appreciate you more than you know, because it makes me feel good after I'm done chatting with you. I as well, man. Have a great day. Right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add Health Coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.